It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 3rd of April. The Jazz are in Phoenix. This one makes me a bit nervous. Are we enjoying this season as much as we should? And a deep dive on Donovan Mitchell and, of course, our daily playoff update. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. I hope you are fabulous today. I am coming to you from Phoenix where it's 85 degrees and blue sky and I sound like I'm the Chamber of Commerce. It's pretty nice out though. Just walked to go get coffee this morning. I've had my coffee. Look out! And enjoyed it. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. You can get it on the brand new Himalaya app. If you haven't downloaded the Himalaya app yet, it's pretty neat. Sort out all your podcasts. Get everything in the ever-changing world of podcasts. Himalaya is a great app for you. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And when you get in your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz. I'm the radio voice of the Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and I thank you so much for joining the show, we just try to give you about 25, 30 minutes of quick NBA Utah Jazz news every single day and update you what's going on. Today's show is going to bounce around a little bit because I've got a bunch of different um, things to touch on. So let's let's do our quick little, we've gotten used to doing this every morning. We're rushing through it a little bit these days, I think, because uh, the drama of the playoff race is certainly not what we thought it was going to be. I think that is um, the truth. Uh, last year, there seemed to be a little bit more drama. This year, I think we're kind of zeroing in on one or two positions and who we're going to play is either Houston or Portland at this point. We're just kind of watch to see uh, what takes place and what matters. There's a lot, though, that goes on uh, tonight. So let me touch on those games. Denver lost last night. They had an 18% win probability. They got smoked. It doesn't matter. We never thought they were going to win that game. It's not a big loss. Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook, incredible. 20-20-20 for Westbrook. That's pretty awesome. And uh, doing it uh, for his buddy, uh, pretty wild. Houston continues to win. They had a 73-win percentage. The Lakers had an eight, or The Thunder had an 80% win probability when we did this it's probably even higher now uh houston by the way number two defensive team in the nba since the all-star break 13 and one in games with a 60 or better win probability since we built this thing since the all-star break they're really good they play the clippers tonight that one's important san antonio beat atlanta last night they had an 85 win probability. They have a 19% win probability against Denver tonight. Uh, so that's that one is of interest. Uh, tonight, we have Denver playing San Antonio. I, I don't think San Antonio can get to us anyway. I'm not sure that game has huge implications for us. Portland is playing Memphis. We do need Portland to lose a game here uh, at some point if we think they're getting to four or if we think we're getting to four. Their next two after this are against the Nuggets. So Memphis tonight should be a, a win for them. If for some reason they slipped up, which they just haven't done at all, 
And then I don't think they slip up after that. So there's only two possible losses left on Portland's five-game stretch. Those are the two games against Denver. We'll see Houston tonight. We'd like the Clippers to lose a game. Houston is playing the Clippers, uh, and ideally we would like uh, the Clippers to lose at some point in time here. They have the Lakers after that, which is not a loss. The Warriors, which probably could be, and then us. That's it. They only have four left. So a Clipper loss tonight could at least separate us from an extra game from them as we uh, before we play them. Though I got to be honest, I'm pretty nervous about tonight. Uh, the second unit without Kyle Korver and without Derek Favors, and it, I don't know when either of those guys are going to be back, um, did not play particularly well the other night and really struggles to score. Uh, the second one there that I, I think has me concerned is I know Phoenix is not good and DeAndre Ayton's not playing and Tyler Johnson's not playing. I got it. One, I'll point out that like our win probability going into this game when the All-Star, when we started these numbers tonight, is a 77. Okay, so that's really high, except for it does mean that when you play a team 10 times that you win seven of them. And... Maybe I'm just getting nervous about silly stuff here, but it is really, I know we've beat them by 20 plus points each of the last, it is really hard to go beat a team three times in whatever, 25 days or whatever it's going to be. We played them February 6th, beat them by 30. We played them March 13th, beat them by 30. Played them February 25th, beat them by 30. We didn't beat them by 30 in the middle one. We only beat them by 18 here. Um, like, all right, so we're trying to beat them for the third time in like 25 days. That's not the easiest thing in the world. So tonight actually makes me pretty nervous from a Jazz fan standpoint. Now, you know, and maybe the whole Devin Booker sideshow, um, you know, what do you do? Do you come out and double team Devin Booker and, and hit him with a, from, you know, every time he touches the ball, do you, deny him the ball do you overplay Devin Booker it's an interesting question to me I think I generally thought as you know what we defended him great we shut him down um Devin Booker went bananas but nobody else did much of anything so do we actually really care if Devin Booker goes for 60 if the defensive rating is low uh that that to me is it's a tricky thing because the obvious thing is, hey, someone's got to score. They're going to score 85, 90 points tonight, no matter what we do defensively. Um, in fact, they've scored over 100 in about every game except for when they've played us recently. I think they've scored over 100 in every game since the All-Star break except for one when they've played us. So they're going to score. That's what they – That's you know they're, they're running up and down the floor. That's what they're doing. And – we're not going to prevent them from scoring. Do we actually care if Devin Booker scores all the points? They're not defending a great deal. Washington put 124 on him. Memphis put 120. Cavaliers put 113. My concern is that without Booker, actually without Corver and without uh, favors, that we don't have 48 minutes of scoring on the floor. So that, I, I think this one could be a little hairy. Um, when we come back, Sacramento could be a little hairy if we don't have our guys on that one either. And then uh, we'll see about the Lakers and where they stand and what they're doing at that point. This is this could be, for all of our excitement of four seed versus five seed, I think there's a real chance that 
this come that these little injuries, you know, you're suddenly missing. And I and I and I think that Howell is doing a great job. So I don't want to discredit Howell in this conversation as not one of the ten. But you're missing thirty percent of your rotation. When right now. Right, so Dante, we're just kind of gotten used to, but he's out, and he was part of the rotation. Whether you thought he was the backup two guard, maybe, that's fine. And probably what he was becoming, and O'Neal's your backup three, and Corver kind of fits in there somewhere, so then you got 11, if we're fair about it. And But we have our backup centers out, our backup twos out, our backup whatever you think Dante is is out. You know, there was a period of time there where Quinn had started to play Royce O'Neal as a four to try to get that going, and now you can't even do that anymore because simply we don't have enough guys for it. So I, I do think, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about the next few games. Uh, one is you eventually lose games in this process. We haven't done a lot of that. That leads me to my next question. Are we enjoying this as a fan base as much as we should? Like, we're pretty good. We're 47 and 30. We're, you know, a year ago or, you know, July 1st. So now, what, 12 months, 18 months. Is that 20? Like, how is it, what, 18 months ago or whatever? Um, or we've been through one of them. Yeah, so that's about right. 18 months ago, I mean, we were distraught. I was. I thought the franchise was completely going to fall apart. Not totally like the franchise, but the team at least, The you know. And then Donovan arrives, and Rudy becomes a, shows what a star he is, and Dennis puts together a club, and Quinn masterfully maximizes it with his staff, and probably Dennis's staff deserves credit there too. Um, and, and we're pretty good. Like, we're about to win 50 games again. It's actually only the second time in Quinn's year we've won 50 games. Winning 50 games in the NBA is really hard. Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm asking. Are we supposed to be jumping up and down for joy? I mean, it was a funky season, right? We started the year. We got beat up a bunch early. And then now we're rolling. But we all kind of know it's because we're playing a soft schedule. And we got beat up early because we're playing a hard schedule. And I don't know. Well, we'll continue that thought. And then I want to do a deep dive on Donovan. Today's show is brought to you by the store. 6200. No. Yeah. 600 South. 20th East. Right off the freeway on 20th East, uh, the store brings you just this great community feel. I, I just smile when I think of the store. What what Jeff and Scott have built, there's a new one that's going to be going in in um, uh, the Gateway area. I think that'll be really fun for everybody because it gives you more access to that community feel. But when you go to the store, you can tell it's, it's just the community's grocery store. And whether it's because Jeff and Scott search around to try to find and, and help the local uh, people get, whether it's the Cake to Floors, which is a local company with their amazing cakes, whether it's the woman who makes the tortilla chips at the wedding that uh, I, think was, I think it was Jeff found, and then Hunter, whether it's June Pies out of Heber now being available in Salt Lake, whether it's the Leather Bees making the Locked on Mudslide ice cream and having the local creamery then being, it's all the local feels and creating an environment. And then whether it's the high school kids that are working there that have been a part of that community that are then helping the, the elderly out with their bags like they used to in the 1950s. It's just that great feel uh, that they bring. Plus, 
there's a level of detail and expertise that Jeff and Scott bring, whether it's the great meats in the back, um, the ba- whether it's the chicken pot pies and the great frozen uh, foods they have there for you. Check it all out. It's at the store, 600 South, 20th East. And, of course, make sure you go get the mud slide cookie. There is no cookie. I had another brand's cookie, a very good one, chip, give chip company credit. But let us not go crazy and think that I am cheating on the mudslide. There will be no cheating on the mudslide, people. Fear not. The mudslide is the cookie of all cookies. And one of my favorite things is how I regularly get these emails that tell me, oh, my gosh, those are amazing. Yes, they are amazing. I certainly wouldn't be making it up. I didn't lie to you. I haven't tried to mislead you in any way at all. Today's show is also brought to you by Wise. This is so cool. It's the indoor camera that does it all. It's packed with premium features and allows you to see everything from anywhere. 1080p full HD. Images so clear. Night vision. Two-way audio. You, it's all on your smartphone. It's only $20. Check your home anytime with the Wise app live stream. Now, it's pronounced Wise, but it's spelled W-Y-Z-E. That's W-Y-Z-E. Connect with life as it unfolds. The live stream, eight-time digital Zoom, free rolling 14-day cloud storage, no subscriptions needed. It is nothing is too small to watch, and it's a small little camera. You can put anywhere. You can put multiple throughout your house. Uh, it is really cool, whether it's you're checking your Amazon packages to make sure whether you want to check the baby upstairs, whether you want to see your dogs during the day, whether you just want to, you know what? We, our next door neighbors should have used this thing because they got woodpeckers cutting away at their house and they should have used it to be able to know when it was taking place. You can do anything. You can watch your kids destroy the house. You can watch your kids if you have middle-aged teenage kids and they're going to be home alone. Hmm, maybe not a bad idea for me. So check it out. It's the Wise Camera. It is $20. Go to uh, online. You can get it at wise.com slash locked. That's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. It's pretty awesome. You'll check it out, and the price point is amazing. W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked. I'm going to go back to that, and then we'll deep dive on Donovan. I don't know whether we're – I think probably – I don't know. Like – so just a legitimate question. Are we enjoying this the way we should? And I, like, we're, it's pretty great. We're one of the, I think two through eight is pretty interchangeable. We're one of those teams. The Warriors are certainly the best. The entertainment value of the season, which I think is most important, has been awesome. We're amazingly well run as an organization. We don't have to worry about so many things that the other places do. Oh my gosh, we're in Phoenix, like... We were talking with the restauranteer of the of who's this famous pizza guy that we were at last night, and he's talking about the Suns, and he's a huge fan, and what he's going through. And I was just like, "My gosh, thank goodness we don't have to deal with this." Um, you know, I don't know. I just are we enjoy? I wonder if we are. Like, I think so. The we're seventy straight sellouts, which is like an all time franchise record. We're our fan base is, is amped. Our guys, I think there's been an incredible appreciation from Joe Ingles to Ricky Rubio to Donovan Mitchell uh, to all the community things to, uh, you know, Rudy does a lot to the community stuff we're doing. So I think we probably are, but I just would ask you just to make sure you are. How's that? 
Like I, and I, I've kind of asked myself to make sure that I'm enjoying this as much as I as we should. Because uh, it's pretty awesome to kind of know you're going to the playoffs, to know you have this excitement, to know you have this good team. And I think there's a little wonder right now. Like, how good are we? I think the numbers are a little misleading on the point differential because we're so hard to play. And so teams wilt against us. And we've been generally terrific on games like tonight. Like, as much as I'm concerned about tonight, we've been generally terrific about it. But one thing, you know, I I don't know if we talked about this enough. I talked about this a lot in the past. We are really difficult to play. So if you look at us going into a night, and I was talking last night at dinner about this, that, you know, we've picked up our tempo of pace of play, and yet we still are, are executing some of the things. So we're running 87 picks a night. Charlotte and the Clippers run more. I think the Clippers have actually taken a little bit of our old style um, to be able to and become, you know, difficult. We run 35 handoffs a night. Those are basically picks, right? So we're still running, despite the fact we've picked up tempo, 111 picks or handoffs a night. The Clippers are the next closest, I believe. At, at kind of beating people up in a night. It's, and I think it's where the Clippers are maybe a little better than anyone realizes. The Clippers are at 114. Is that right? They're running 80. Let me make sure I did that right. The Clippers are at 87 plus 27. We're at 87 plus 35. So the Clippers are at 104 a night. No, they're at 114. What did I say we are? 122? Did I say 112? It's 122. We're at 122 picks or handoffs a night. The Clippers are at 114. I think there's something to that. Charlotte's running just pick and rolls because they're running Kemba Walker off everything every single time. And that's all they really have. But to me, there's something to us just beating people up. Atlanta's playing a similar style game. Uh, with Trey Young. Charlotte doesn't run the handoffs. They're 15th in the league in handoffs. Uh, we actually run three or four more handoffs per 100 possessions than just about anyone else in the league. We're running at a pretty high level. Denver, Detroit with Blake and Jokic run them, and we do it obviously with Rudy. Uh, but we still are, despite the fact we're playing faster and, and playing more possessions, uh, we're still pounding you, and so teams wilt a little bit against us. So I decided to dive in on Donovan, who's really had an incredible year. And obviously since Jan 1, when he sent out the tweet that things were going to change, um, he's right. Um, so as of January 1st, for, first 40 games of the season, Donovan was shooting 41%, 29% from three. He was taking four free throws. He was averaging 20 points, three rebounds, three and a half assists. Since then, he's up six points per game. Incredible. A full rebound and a full assist a game. He's also taking two more free throws a game, which is the key to this whole thing. He's up to 5.8 free throws. His shooting percentage is up four percentage points overall and 12, from 29% to 40.5% from three. What's changed is simply he's making his threes. I mean, since January 1st, he's gone from 29.6% on above the break threes to 40% on above the break threes. And in March, he's at 43.3% on above the break threes. 
Last year, he was unbelievable on corner threes, and that kind of elevated his whole shooting, and he didn't make those to start the year. He was 8 of 30. Since then, he's 18 of 37, and he's 8 of 14 in March. So he's also making that. He's just shooting the ball better. I mean, I really, like, shots are going down. Like, it sounds so stupid as that being the mechanism by which we're going to make this big, what's different about Donovan? The ball's going in the hoop. Like, seriously, that's kind of what it is, and it's really kind of true. Um, He's also getting to the rim a little bit more. He took 25% of his shots at the rim prior to January 1st. Since then, he's been at 28 to 29%. So it's, you know, per 100 shots, it's four per, it's one more rim shot a night. It's subtle, but it probably matters. And then you couple the fact that he's going to the free throw line nearly two more times a game. It's probably actually two drives. Um, what's interesting is he began finishing at the rim at a very high level, or he has begun to finish at even higher level. So um, that's just started in March. From January 1 to March 1, he was actually finishing less well than he was prior to January 1. He was getting to the rim more but not finishing more. Since March 1, he's really begun to finish at the rim as well. Um. His mid-range attempts, his shot composition is actually pretty sim- similar. He's getting the rim. That rim shot is a is not a th- is he's not taking a three. Um, he is not making his mid-range shots very well, which is interesting. That's slipped. So this is being driven right now by three-point shooting. That his above-the-break three-point shooting has gone from basically thirty percent to forty percent. His two free throws a game and one more rim shot a game help him out. He's probably taking one less three. Um, now let's do the next level dive here in a second. How many have the types of threes changed? Is he getting different looks? Is he more open? Is his pick and roll game different? Is his isolation game different? Let's look at all those things uh, coming up as we try to figure out what's different. Have you downloaded the new Himalaya app? It is available for you if you'd like to, and it is fun, uh, nice way to get your podcast. You can subscribe to Locked on Jazz on that. There's the new Major League Baseball channel for you as well. Uh, Sully's show, Locked on MLB, has been in the top 200 of the iTunes rating since the day it's debuted and staying strong. It's really a lot of fun uh, for you to grab. And Sam Amick and I will be on Locked on NBA tomorrow. Today's version, John Corrales, Jake Madison take you through everything that's going on Locked on NBA. That's all the things that are taking place on the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Shamrock Auto. That's my guy, not Rob Thomas, but Rob Taylor out in Pleasant Grove. This is one of those kind of neat companies that I think are the signature to uh, the guys that sponsor Locked On. Rob started his uh, car dealership because he didn't like his car buying experience. He went to Brady Kimball, who's been a longtime uh, mechanic, hired him, said, all right, I need you to go to the auctions. And when you go to the auctions, you're going to be able to make sure that we're getting high-quality cars. And now... They've created an environment where people come from out of the state to go to Shamrock Auto. Or one of the coolest things, I think, is if people who are looking for a used car, pick up the phone and call, uh, or nearly new used car, call Rob and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I need a Utah County assault vehicle for my five kids. No, I don't know. I need a Suburban. I need a Tahoe. I need uh, a high-end minivan. 
um, whatever it might be, and Rob goes and finds it and brings it and gets it for you, and that is what has kind of allowed uh, Rob and the crew at Shamrock Auto to have their unique spot in the marketplace. They're out in Pleasant Grove. Stop by. Uh, the fun one also, if you want to just take a look at what I'm talking about, is if you go to Shamrock Auto, uh, look at the reviews of what you're going to find there. And um, it's it's pretty fabulous. Not Shamrock Towing, by the way. Their reviews um, show up sometimes. But Shamrock Auto Group, check out that. 134 um, reviews, 4.6 stars. Um, if you go to cars.com, 133 reviews, 5 rating. It's pretty fabulous experience that people are getting. Shamrock Auto Group out in Pleasant Grove. Give Rob a call. You can call. Sometimes I know people seem embarrassed to just pick up the phone and call Rob. He, he gave me the number to give to you so that you would call. That's that's why we do it that way. Um, it's kind of cool. The general number at Shamrock is 801-361-9796. That's 801-361-9796. And we always uh, look forward to hearing from you uh, over at Shamrock Auto Group. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's go to one the next level on Donovan. Um, let's see. Oh, I've got my daily text um, from one of the guys, from Vince Lagarza, our, one of our assistants. Do you have a coffee shop? And the answer is I found a new one this morning. It was very good around here. We switched hotels, so um, we all are, you know, we have to find our new coffee shops and all those kind of things. Um, and it was, it was, I was, I was pleasantly pleased with press coffee um, today. There, these are the things, these are the things that go on around here. Um, and these are the really important things that we all deal with. All right, let's go to Donovan. Have the type of threes changed? Donovan was taking 3.8 threes off the bounce prior to July 1st and 2.9 catch and shoots. Guess what? He is taking the exact same amount since January 1st of the exact same amount of shots. What has happened is he's making the catch and shoots. 
at a 49% rate. His off-the-bounce three is still 34%. Um, He is, but the catch-and-shoot game is remarkable. And that is the difference. His, he is, um, his tightly guarded threes. Prior to July, January 1st, he was 5 of 30. And he was just 32% on wide open threes. Since July, January 1st, he's hitting 51% of his wide open threes. I mean, this is really just shot making. He's still taking about 5% of his threes when he's tightly guarded. He's better on those, 35%. So he's confident now, and his tightly guarded, he was 5 of 30. So 5% of his threes, his shot selection's not different. The type of shot he's getting is not different. Whether he's guarded or not, it's not different. They're going in. He's making shots. There seems to be no great second level. He got third, he was struggling late shot clock. He was 4 of 36 prior to January 1st in the final four seconds of the shot clock. And he was only 26% on early threes. He was coming down, trying to get that early three and struggling. His late shot clock has improved. He's 8 of 28 instead of 4 of 36. Um, He's gotten better in the early shot clock. He's gone from 26% to 43%. Small sample size, 11 of 42 compared to 12 of 28. But truly, the difference is he's getting wide open looks in our offense and he's making them, which is incredible that Donovan gets the wide open looks. He has gotten considerably better in the pick and roll since January 1st. Prior to January 1st, he was 8.87 points per pick and roll. Since then, he's .92 points per pick and roll. With Rudy Gobert, he's uptick, but really the biggest improvement is with Favors. He and Favors were an unmitigated disaster prior to January 1. They were stepping on each other's feet, frankly. Donovan is not a great isolation player. 216 isolations this year. Of the top 100 isolation guys, he ranks 72nd in the NBA. He, prior to January 1st, he ran 100 isolations. Since January 1st, he's run 108, so about the same sample size. He has upticked. 0.82 points per direct isolation compared to 0.91. So that's better. Um, Here was the most interesting thing I found on a deep dive on Donovan this year and his improvement. Final five minutes of the game within one possession, so three-point game less. Donovan is shooting 36% and 33% from three. It's not great. It's not terrible frankly um that's not like guy that's not great but that's not a time in which players have a great deal of success in fact let me kind of pull up who the most common guys in the league on this are this year and they're you know they're better than a lot of them are better than what I just said in regards to Donovan but they're Donovan's not awful um, he's not great. He's just, it's not. Um, so final five minutes within three. This is always kind of an interesting thing. This is why you listen to Locked on Jazz. You get these little nuggets. 
All right, Kemba Walker's used the most. He's shooting 35% and 24% from three. Like, right, so Donovan, I just said, if you don't remember, because it was just a number flying at you while you're driving your car, is 36-33. Donovan's 36-33. James Harden is 42-33. Kawhi Leonard is 42-33. Dame Lillard is 36-27. Donovan's actually better than Dame in the final five minutes of close game. Kyrie's the best there is. He's unguardable, 53-46. Zach Levine, 42-33. DeMar DeRozan, 46, no threes. Bradley Beal, 41-30. Donovan's better. Russell Westbrook's awful, 32-21. Mike Conley's 43-30. Donovan's pretty close to that. Trey Young, stunningly good for a young player, 44-39. Blake Griffin, 38-40. Lucas, 42-27. Guys aren't very good at this. D'Angelo Russell's had a great year, 46-35. So Donovan's 36-33. It's right on. Paul George is the exact same as Donovan. Devin Booker's the exact same as Donovan. Like, Donovan's just, this is what guys are late in games. Kevin Durant's not very good this year. He's 39-38. Nikola Jokic is all right. He's 49%, but he's 33% from three. Lou Williams is great, by the way. Lou Williams is probably the clutchest player in the league. Uh, So Lou Williams, you know, Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving are probably the three best in the league, but Donovan's in the middle of the pack with everyone else. So that's not, that's just, those are hard shots. Like the league just, here's what's interesting to me. Prior to January 1st, Donovan was 29% and three of nine from three, and it only been in the line six times in with 21 shot attempts. He had zero assists prior to January 1. This is the nugget of the show right here. Prior to January 1, final five minutes, one possession game, he had zero assists. Since January 1st, he's shooting 40%, 33% from three. That would then be better than most guys. He's 12 of 16 from the line. He's gone to the line at a higher rate, and he has seven assists. That right there makes it worth listening to the whole show. I just gave you the nugget of all nuggets right there to end the show, and you stayed with me for 30 minutes. High fives, baby. High fives all the way around for all you stuck with the whole show. Listen through right to the very end of the whole show, 34 minutes into this, baby. Lots of commercials. It's totally worth it. They're high-fiving around the ring, all around the radio and the podcast and the phones. High fives to everybody who got that last nugget. No assists in the final five minutes of a close game prior to January 1st. Seven cents. Boom. Pow. Have a great day. I'm crazy. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday... We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.